Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Gee whiz, our intro is loud. It's so loud, that scared Holy the shit out of me. Mother of Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks indeed, baby. <laughs> how are you? I'm good, how are you, babe? I'm not too bad, are you still sick? A little bit. You've been coughing like a mad woman. Like a, I sound like a dog barking. Roo, roo. <coughs> I'm getting a bit sick now. Sorry. I know, you've just influenzaed me. I didn't mean to influenza you. <laughs> Kidding, we, do, we just have common colds. I don't think there's <laughs> anything common about this. I like feeling like I'm pretty special. Welcome to the podcast. Where we talk about things, all things paranormal and spiritual, and I debunk all of you sceptics. We are your one-top... Sh- one top shop. We because are because we have merch, by the way. Great segue, babe. There we go. <laughs> and we're also your one stop shop for your paranormal weekly pop, where you, oh, me, and a poltergeist. Hello, paranormal weekly pop. Hello, poltergeist, exorcisters. In the last episode, I called everyone poltergeist and poltergirls. <laughs> yeah. What an idiot. Nah, that's alright. Upon editing, I was like, well, I done fucked up. Nah, that's alright. I don't even like... <coughs> Molly, thank you for making your entrance very late. Sit. Okay? Sit. Good girl. Stay. She's not going to stay. She doesn't know that. But, what are they saying? I don't even hashtag exorcisters. I just do poltergeist. I know. I'm very sexist. Yeah, well... I feel like guys has become a general neutral term. It gender really neutral is term. a more neutral it's term. It's like, hey, guys. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, you're not talking to, you know, one specific gender or anything. You're exactly. trying to just say guys, like everyone. And, like, let's get a little bit political as I love to. <laughs> um, on the weekend, Saturday, I went out with one of my best friends and her friend who has friends. So we just went out as a big group of humans, and they were all gay. All the guys that were with us were gay. And all of them, there was like, what, five? Five or six of them? All of them were like, I don't even know how many genders there are now. I'm in the LGBTQIA plus community, and I don't even know what's going on half the time. So how are we supposed to know? I don't know. They were the loveliest to party with. And, hey, Kenneth, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> He's so lovely. They're all very lovely. Mm. 
There was like one chick we were that was there. She wasn't gay or anything, but god damn, I would punch her in the fucking face. Off to a good start. She bagged out our bo- podcast, and she's never even fucking listened to it. Well, she Telling has me, not converted. Oh, congratulations! You just got another shitty podcast. Fuck you, bitch. I oh, know. We have merch. By the way, speaking of, I've got our You Mean a Poltergeist mug here that we received today. Hell yeah. It works perfect. I put liquid in it. Doesn't leak out. Keeps my liquid nice at the temperature that I want it to be. Mm. And um, feels great to drink from. Definitely. yeah. Has the logo. Looks pretty fucking sick. And you also got a phone case so you can accessorize... Exactly. So now all my selfies, I will be supporting our podcast with mm. Nina Poltergeist, iPhone X cover. I feel like a lot of our podcast now is just discussing how cool our merch is, but honestly, we're not really trying to push it as much as we're just excited by the fact that our own merch, we have. I'm we not, have our own merch. I'm low-key pushing it hardcore. I know you are. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to have it and support us. Like, this is how you can support us. Mm. You know, not only just by listening to this on various podcasting apps, but by buying some of our merch, even if it's a $2.50 sticker. That's it. Like, and hey, a great supporter of the podcast, one Bob. Uh, of the Adventuring Guild. I feel like we mentioned him uploaded, every single episode. Yeah, well, he's the best. He uploaded a new episode, which would be last week by the time this uploads. But I am actually quite prevalent in that episode. Link in the description. Go on and listen to that. So we updated our podcast room. Oh, yeah, we did. So we're, we're filming in a different, well, not same, same room, same room, not a different room, but like where it's just set out differently, our microphones in a different spot, we're in a more relaxed position. I feel like this is more cozy. Way more cozy. I feel more comfortable talking about scary things in a room that is more comfortable. And well lit. And well lit. Previously we were sitting in the dark, ready to be grasped by any thing behind us. Paulie was just waiting to take his little hands, reach them where they don't belong, where the sun don't shine, which would be our podcast studio because there was no sun shining in that room. There's still no sun shining in this room. But we have the miracle of artificial light. The new lamp that we bought. Indeed. It is shiny. I found a bulb for it. Indeed. Very nice. We bought some rugs. Braden picked out pretty cool wall wall art. Yep, fifteen bucks. <laughs> Our lamp was like twenty nine. I know. Good quality. Jackpot. Thank you, Kmart. Yes. Hashtag please sponsor us. <laughs> ah, yeah. I wonder how long until Kmart and Pepsi sponsor us. Hopefully our, not too long. Our two biggest sponsors, obviously. Speaking of sponsors. <laughs> I feel like my segue... (laughs) Your segue game is not strong. Well, my segue, I feel like it's become such a thing that I just don't even try to create a good segue anymore. I just straight up use the last word spoken and be like, speaking of this, how about we speak about what we're speaking about today? How about we speak about what we're speaking about? Speaking, 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 speaking. Yep. Yeah. So, speaking about speaking, how about we speak about 
what we're speaking about today. Nine times out of ten, you just turn to me and go, so, what are we talking about today? Well, I can do that again now. So, <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about Poltergeist. Poltergeist, the patron saint of our podcast. Paulie's origin story. God damn, it's in the title. You, me, and, oh, what is that? A poltergeist? Fuck yeah. yeah it ain't nothing else. Do you know why? Because they're a noisy spirit. You continue talking about exactly, that, Exactly, yeah. So, the term poltergeist is actually German for, as you said, noisy ghost or noisy spirit. Oh, yeah. So, it is pretty much a type of ghost or spirit that is responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects being moved around or destroyed, which is pretty much the only encounters I've ever had. And up till this point of reading and, like, researching what exactly a poltergeist actually is, it's just, like, I thought they were way more crazy than what, you know... They actually are. Yeah. So many things can be considered a poltergeist, you know, with varying sort of levels of intensity. There's actually a scale... That they use to determine how uh, a spirit is how categorized. How a, a spirit is. How really. cool is that? And supposedly, a poltergeist is. I'll read that actually later. Never mind. <laughs> Poltergeists are reportedly reportedly able to pinch, bite, hit, and are even capable of tripping people. <laughs> now, I want to tell you a story later. And it does involve being touched, <laughs> not in an inappropriate way. Get your mind <laughs> out of the gutter. I'm Yeah, Paul is what this is. Uh, being touched by something. And I can't explain what. I wasn't touched by an angel. And it was creepy as hell. So remind me to tell you that story later in the episode when we discuss a few poltergeist stories. 100% baby. So... Most accounts of poltergeists throughout history describe the movement or levitation of objects, uh, furniture and cutlery, or noises such as knocking on doors, which we have both experienced. I mean, what episode was it where we heard three solid knocks in the wall? Like three or four, <coughs> no- three or four knocks, three or four episodes ago. Exactly. And again, I've experienced something else. Like that, which I've actually think I told you about before. I feel like sometimes I hear knocking at our door, but I open it and no one's there and like no one's home. Yeah, it's scary. It's just this house. house. This house. Yeah. When your mum's home, I feel so safe. Yeah, I know. It's like she's got some kind of aura of witch hating around her. Yeah, I prefer that. If she could just an aura of just life. Yeah, that'd be nice. She can be a personal defender. We get so grumpy at how messy I leave the place. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, poltergeists have been traditionally described as troublesome spirits who haunt a particular person instead of a specific location. Again, which is something that I seem to have found to be true. Which, by the way, is not kind of the plot of Poltergeist the movie. They haunted the land. Oh, really? Hmm. Which was really strange. But then again, I think it was because of this. It was an Indian burial ground. So maybe that okay. was just the 
Yeah. Yeah. The spirits tied to that. But then again, they may not have been noisy spirits or poltergeists as much as they could have been another categorization of spirits themselves. Yeah, but the movie's poltergeist. Right, so it's like... I would assume that... All do the your research. Did their research and made it as know the categorizations and don't bring us this this non poltergeist hoot nanny. <laughs> like, like we're sitting there watching the poltergeist series. Going, Mm-mm-mm. Oh no more poltergeists don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So alleged poltergeist manifestations have been reported in many cultures and countries, including the U.S., Pakistan, India, Japan, Brazil, Australia, New Zealand, European nations, everything under the bloody sun. Poltergeists are probably the most common type of spirit, I think, anyway. Or type of malevolent. Is malevolent bad? Malevolent spirit. Yeah, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of, like, malicious spirits, like, really demonic things just floating around these days. No. You know what I mean? I don't think a poltergeist counts as demonic. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. Which would be another categorization of... It wouldn't even be a categorization of spirit because it, it's literally a demon is like a, another kind of entity. It's completely different, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Two parapsychologists named Nandor Fodor <laughs> and <laughs> William G. Roll suggested that poltergeist activity can be explained through human-based telekinesis, <laughs> which would be some straight-up ESP-level <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Which we weren't able to recreate, so clearly it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> With our super, you know, efficient test. Uh, it but, was pretty efficient. Yeah, I, I did see baby face. But uh, poltergeist activity has often been believed to be the work of malicious spirits. I.e. poltergeists. So that it would be the ultimate what we would come to believe. Yeah. Being a pol- paranormal uh, yeah. channel. So, according to one Alan Kardec, who is the founder of Spiritism, uh, poltergeists are the manifestations of disembodied spirits of low level. So, the lowest tier of, like, spirits, as we're talking about with this sort of tiers of, and power levels of spirits. Belonging to the sixth class of the third order... So, other spirits around those sorts of uh, ones, they'd be like poltergeists, regular spirits, above that being benevolent spirits, just all sorts of different tiers for and classifications for the different kinds of... Until you get to the first class where you've literally passed on, you're no longer a spirit, you you're straight up Jesus. You're, you're in <laughs> heaven or the hell wherever you belong. Yeah, yeah. So, under the explanation of this uh, sort of classification. That means that the poltergeists are believed to be closely associated with the elements, being fire, air, water, and earth. And it does sort of make a lot of sense as well, because you always hear about poltergeist activity really being sort of empowered by weather and natural events, like uh, even uh, like if there's a running stream nearby, like spirit and, like, poltergeists can draw energy from those natural things. Mm. So it's almost like they're a spirit of nature, mm. less one that's sort of, I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe they're just tied to nature in some way. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe they're just, like, a hippie. Mm. They're a hippie spirit. They're one with the elements. 
with your moustache. Hmm. <laughs> what is next? <laughs> so I know it's um it's never fun really to um hear or read or talk about, but I I like talking about the um skeptical side of things. Mm. Because to me, they sound like fucking assholes, <laughs> and they're just idiots, and they just don't know how to have a good time. They don't have an imagination. But hey, we can't believe everything, as we've learned in our ESP episode. I feel like if we just had a better facility. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want this kind of shit to be real. I think just um, on a on a personal level of having mental illness of feeling like you are nothing and there is nothing and just having no energy and stuff. I I want to believe that there is things like this where there is a, a mischievous little spirit that's going to fucking just pick up your Windex and throw it across the room because, mm. you know, it's being a little shit. I want to believe that there's things like that. And I just want to have that imagination, and I think, it for me, it's just a very good distraction. I think professional skeptics are shitheads, but a healthy level of skepticism with everything is good. I think investigate it, but for sure everything's true. <laughs> oh, okay. So pretty much the complete opposite to what I just said. <laughs> no, no, I, I agree. I agree that you shouldn't believe everything until it's proven. But yeah. I think with stuff like this... You can never really approve or disprove things. Right. Maybe certain cases, yes, mm. I will agree with that. Like when we did um, the case of Annalise Mitchell, mm-hmm. where I was like, maybe there was some type of spiritual thing, but at the same time, she also had very bad mental health mm. and she should have been treated better. So I feel, yes, there is definitely... It's definitely good to have a healthy amount of skepticism, but at the same time, I think, fuck these guys. What if every spirit <coughs> ever seen in the history of the world was just a hallucination because everyone in the world is secretly schizophrenic? Schizophrenic. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. We've all got schizophrenia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good one. Yeah, we're all just clinically insane. Well, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> Describes well, the world about right. makes me feel better. So let's talk about these bitches. So many have claimed that poltergeist events um, events have proved on investigation to be hoaxes. Do you have quotes from that guy? What's that guy we hate? Um, Joe Nickel. Nickel! Fuck yeah. That motherfucker. There are quotes from him. Dude's like a pro-skeptic. All he does is be skeptic. So, psychical researcher Frank Podmore proposed the naughty little girl theory for poltergeist cases. He found that the centre of the disturbance was often a child who was throwing objects around to fool or scare people for um, for attention, honestly. So, it was just a little kid not getting enough attention and was just saying, I'm going to throw this fork at you. Hmm. They'll be like, oh no, what's So that's, that's the majority of poltergeists, according to him. Yeah, he reckons that it's actually just little kids oh. that want attention. Right. Well, 
There's lots of little children in my life that I don't know about them. Nothing. None of my brothers have had children, so I can't say that there's kids ever around me. <laughs> anyway, so our favourite person, sceptical skeptical investigator, Joe Nickel. Oh, our favourite. Says that um, claimed poltergeist incidents typically originate from an individual whose motive is to cause mischief. So this is some quotes from him. Um, in the typical poltergeist outbreak, small objects are hurled through the air by unseen forces. Furniture is overturned or other disturbances occur. Usually just what could be accom- usually just what could be accomplished by a juvenile trickster determined to plague credulous adults. I don't know if you've seen the movie Poltergeist. I haven't. But I don't see any little kid stacking dining chairs up <laughs> on a table like that. It's a... It's, I believe the movie more than Joe Nickel over I'm, here. I've never experienced anything moving that <clears throat> weighs, you know, uh, an exorbitant amount of kilograms that a child wouldn't be able to lift. But I know whenever I've seen things moving, or move, or do whatever, there's definitely been no children up. Well, your sister, Jess, she was, when she stayed here, she was upstairs having a shower, and a towel got thrown at her. Oh, yeah, that was good. That's handy, though. Oh, that's super handy. Butler. Oh, fucking just, here's a towel. (laughs) But (laughs) there was no one else around. You're finishing the shower? Here's a towel. <laughs> well, get out of the shower. You're wasting the water. The weirdest thing is a few days before she had that happen to her, I also had a towel. Not thrown at me, but I was sharing facing one way and I turned back towards the towel rack and the towel was like floating horizontally off the rack and then fell down as soon as I looked at it. I've never experienced anything in this house moving. Mm. I've just experienced, like I've been watched a lot. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, that seems to happen a lot. There's some pervy guys looking at me, honestly. I mean, I don't blame them. You saw my Instagram post, it's got 50 likes. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Nicole. Um, Nicole writes that reports are often exaggerated by credulous witnesses as well. Time and again in other poltergeist outbreaks, witnesses have reported an object leaping from its resting place, supposedly on its own, when it is likely that the perpetrator has secretly obtained the object sometime earlier and waited for an opportunity to fling it even from the outside of the room, thus supposedly proving he or she was innocent. What? So there's... So he's saying there's possibly someone doing this. Yeah, he's saying that someone has grabbed an object earlier on in the day, waited for someone to enter that room or something, and then throw said object that would normally be in a certain position or spot close to that area, past that person, but not be in sight. So mm. they could enter the room and be like... What happened? Oh, no. <gasps> Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Like, <gasps> Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> but Macaulay Culkin 
isn't actually in the movie and the, 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 <laughs> one of the, the wet bandits or whatever they're called think, <laughs> they think it's just some poltergeist in the house. <laughs> Setting up all these booby traps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's what he reckons. The old pole trap ghost. Absolutely. <laughs> Macaulay Hauntkin. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> He's actually dead, and his parents yeah. have gone away for oh, Christmas. Wow, because why else would they leave a child at home? Right? Holy shit, and fan theory. How do you fucking forget one of your children, especially like the youngest? Yeah. I'm going to rewatch those movies <laughs> with that fan theory in mind. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then at the end, they just hallucinate that they see him or something or he appears because he misses his family his spirit appears so strange so according to research in animalistic psychology claims of poltergeist activity can be explained by psychological factors such as illusion memory lapses and wishful thinking so like me saying i'd rather believe in like, spirits and stuff than, like, real-world things and deal with my mental illnesses and depression and all that stuff, that could be just the animalistic psychology. And if something was to me, I would be like, oh, my God, poltergeist. It's a spirit. But it's actually just my wishful thinking or an illusion. Right. Yeah. As far as I know, illusions are magic. Magic is paranormal. Poltergeists are paranormal. So poltergeists are, would you say, magicians? I agree. You agree? Chris Angel. Mind Chris freak. Poltergeist. Mind freak. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. So a study by Lang and Horan in 1998 wrote um, that poltergeist experiences are delusions resulting from the effective and cognitive dynamics of perception of percipients interception of ambiguous stimuli. That is a very fancy way of saying. An illusion. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Let me read it. It's just, so they're just talking about how people interpret. Yeah. Like it's just odd things that they can't quite explain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair enough. I mean, there's probably lots of things that could be explained that at the point of things happening can't be explained. Yeah. But there's no other way to explain them in that point in time. Hmm. But then there's some shit that just happens and you're like, what the hell happened? And there's no other way of explaining exactly. it. Exactly. Like, you're the only one that's there and there's no windows or doors open. So how could something have just done that? Like, you know? Hmm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Psychologist Donovan Rawcliffe has written that almost all poltergeist cases... See, he said almost all. Almost all poltergeist cases that have been investigated turn out to be based on trickery, whilst the rest are attributable to psychological factors such as hallucinations. Speaking of magic, skeptic and magician Milman... Christopher. Hey, get a better stage name, Milburn. Milburn or Milbourne, depending where he comes from. Melbourne. No, it's M-I-L, though. Milbourne. Milburn. Oh. 
Melbourne Christmas. It's spelled Melbourne with an I. Yeah, so I'm saying Melbourne. Melbourne. What's your name now, Melbourne? (laughs) Melbourne Christopher found that some cases uh, of poltergeist activity can be attributed to unusual air currents, such as 1957 case on Cape Cod, where downdrafts from an uncovered chimney became strong enough to blow a mirror off a wall, outturn chairs, and knock things off shelves. Do these chairs have wheels on them? I don't know. How heavy are the chairs? Hey. Start off with. Hey. And a breeze doesn't move a chair. Such strong downdrafts. Okay. I want to see I want to see the scientific it... facts about these downdrafts, because that's damn and dangerous. And what kind of things is it knocking out the shelves? A piece of paper? A fucking birthday card? A solid wooden block. And then Wait. it's... Throwing all the knives across the room. And, and how heavy, them. how big is this mirror? How heavy? What about the hook on the fucking mirror? Huh? Yeah. What? Yeah. Huh? Exactly. I can believe the mirror, but the chairs, I'm just like, that's a lot of friction to me. It's going to be a really big fucking breeze. Like, like a hurricane. We are talking a straight tornado in the house at this point. Like, are we talking about... A plastic lawn chair. Yeah, that'll fly away that'll with, fl- a, with a we breath. We know this, okay? We know this. As soon as a little bit of wind picks up in our backyard, where's the fucking lawn chairs? They're gone. Because you gone. went to Bunnings and you got the cheapest fucking plastic they pieces They flew of away shit. like a kite. Damn, <coughs> damn straight, baby. Just like a kite. So I want to know... We should, I should have looked into this Cape Cod one, but I fucking didn't. So that leads us into the unverified natural phenomenon. Phenomena. Um, in the 1950s, Guy William Lambert posed that reported poltergeist phenomenon could be explained by the movement of underground water causing stress on houses. So it's just a hypothesis that he's like, it could be this? So... Underground water streams. Yeah. Pick things up. Yeah. And throw them across the room. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He suggested that water turbulence could cause strange sounds or structural movement of the property. Sounds? Yeah. Hundred percent. Water turbulence. Absolutely. Structural movement. Fucking move out. To be honest. I mean, if you've got that much water moving under your house. You're probably on a river. The poltergeist aren't your your problem. Absolutely not. You're about to fall into a bloody underground dam. I did not know that everyone in the 1950s had moats. Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Fun fact, actually. Moats only just went out of style last 10 years. (laughs) The last 10 years? Yeah, don't you remember as a child having a piranha-filled moat? (laughs) Absolutely not. We weren't that rich. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair enough. I had to defend myself against all those tribal invaders. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so the structural movement possibly could have caused the house to vibrate and move objects. So, sorry. Um, Later... Researchers Alan Gould and Tony Cornell tested Lambert's hypothesis by placing specific objects in different rooms and subjecting a house to strong mechanical vibrations, like stimulating water water turbulence this guy's talking about. They discovered that although the structure of the building had been damaged, only a few of the objects moved a very short distance. Not good enough. It is not 
And they have more evidence to believe. Stacked up on top of each other, yeah, and like yeah, someone picking up a hairbrush and throwing it across Oof. the fucking room. Uh-uh. Oh, and when you like do this lovely place setting on your tables, you're having dinner with like humans hey, and stuff, if... and then someone changes the salad fork and the dinner fork around. Oh shit! Oh my god! I don't think anyone's. You know. I don't. I mean. Sure, maybe it happens occasionally, but I think I wouldn't mistake the moving and vibrating of my house that's strong enough to move objects around for poltergeist activity. I'll probably be like, holy fuck, there's an earthquake. We need to fucking move. Yeah. But even then, even then, an earthquake sounds stronger than this. Yeah. As well, so an earthquake, knock everything down. That mirror on the wall, definitely coming down. Gone. Those chairs. Probably. They'll move a little bit. Probably move a little bit. They'll move a little bit. They're not going to move like a fucking <laughs> downdraft, apparently, because that thing's powerful. That, that oh thing's severing the, limbs as it goes through a, that household. A fucking chimney, mate. Like, Ch- chimney's working backwards. Who would have known? <laughs> Modern day death trap. <laughs> in the 1950s. Yeah, well, there you go. Everything happens in the 1950s. <laughs> Keeps you warm in, in the winter. <laughs> Death Damn. in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> summer storm spell disaster for the home. <laughs> oh, that's the worst chimney to have in your house. Yeah. I don't know what kind of fucking chimney it was now. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway. <laughs> You're sitting on your lounge enjoying, enjoying yourself. Suddenly the lounge gets flipped over by a downdraft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Another downdraft. <laughs> it's that bolt of the chairs to the ground. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. All right. Get some brick chairs, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. That's the only solution. Um, so the sceptic Trevor H. Hall criticised the hypothesis, of course, claiming that the building would almost certainly fall into ruins. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. According to Richard Wiseman, the hypothesis has not held up to scrutiny. No. Um, Michael Persinger has theorised that seismic activity could cause... Seismic. Seismic. Thank you very much. Spell it how it sounds. (laughs) Spell it how it sounds. Seismic activity could cause poltergeist phenomena. However, Persinger's claims regarding the effects of environmental geomagnetic activity uh, on paranormal experiences have not been independently replicated, which may simply be explained by the suggestibility of participants. David Turner, a retired physical chemist, suggested that ball lightning yeah, Hell yeah. might cause the spooky movement of objects blamed on poltergeists. I mean, that'd be damn cool. Hell yeah. I don't know what ball lightning is, but... It's a ball lightning. Ball of lightning. Oh, a ball of actual lightning. Yeah, that's a legit phenomenon that happens. That's a thing? Yeah. How cool is that? sick. Yeah, apparently it's super deadly. Yeah, it's a ball of fucking lightning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I don't know whether it's actually deadly because I kind of just made that up. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like it should be. Look that up. So, ball lightning isn't actually that dangerous. 
okay. Well, it sort of is. What it can it can it can vary from the size of a pea to up to several meters in diameter. Oh shit! So fucking massive. Honestly, I was thinking about the size of a Dragon Ball. A Dragon Ball. You know from Dragon Ball Z. Sure. <laughs> so how about a real world <laughs> medium, perhaps a soccer ball? <laughs> okay. I was thinking something more like <laughs> mythical. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it glows. Somewhere. Oh man, how tall was that guy? Oh yeah, you know, probably about the size of like a I don't know, you know, a chimera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> a very well-known reference to height. <laughs> That's a chimera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like a. Mix of creatures. Mix of creatures. So it's not that bad. Ball lightning. Oh, it's completely unpredictable. Scientists can replicate it sometimes in labs, but they can't fathom how it happens in real life. So there's that. Well, I just read, and it said that most ball lightnings give off the scent of sulfur after they explode. Oh, shit. Oh, apparently they explode. It's a fucking lightning bomb that sends <laughs> sulfur. It's a lightning bomb that smells like sulfur. It smells like hell. So cool. What if it's just... Wait, sulfur's like farts. <laughs> so it smells like fart. It's a poltergeist, like... <laughs> fart. It's a poltergeist fart. Yeah. Lightning. Ball lightning. Ball lightning. The poltergeist, poltergeist fart. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a movie title. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about some stories with Poltergeist? Do you want me to tell you a story first? Yeah, tell us a story first. Well, I've got a couple of weird, what I now realise to maybe Poltergeist stories. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be very long because I don't exactly remember too many details. Uh, I remember upstairs in this house, Mm -hmm. going to the bathroom and hearing three or four massive knocks against the back of the door. Like, I closed the door, then sat down, and then as I was, as this was like probably 1am in the morning, and then it was just like, do-do-do-do-do-do, against the back of the door, and I was like, what the hell? Like, it sounded like someone was trying to, like, break through the door with their knocks. I was like, this is really creepy. And then I was like, hello? Hello? What the hell? And I, like, slowly opened the door up and looked down, because from that bathroom upstairs... You've got a pretty much straight shot down a hallway and into another hallway of just blackness because it's like Which, freaking thank God your early, parents early are turning morning. it into a butler's pantry. Yeah, so I don't even look down there anymore. But I just looked down there and there was nothing there, so I closed it again. And then I just did my business. I got up maybe five minutes later after I got the courage to leave the bathroom. <laughs> and I flushed the toilet and I came out and mum walked from her room and she's like, Why are you doing so much banging? And I was like, Mom, it was not me. <laughs> I didn't say that at the time. I was just like, oh, uh, I didn't really respond. I just went to room and went to bed. Somehow, after a while, of probably tossing and turning and being terrified. But in the morning, I told her that it wasn't me. And she's just like, oh, that's really creepy. Can I tell you how many times, like, okay, so Brandon and I started dating three years ago, almost. <clears throat> and I'd stay here a lot more than you would stay at my place. Hmm. And for some reason, we had to get up and pee in the middle of the night. 
And every single time, I would be so scared to open up that door. Yeah. Because every time I did, I swear to fucking God, I saw something standing in the hallway. In that in that second hallway bit. Oh, my eyes are watering. That is so creepy to me. I swear to God. And that's why, like, sometimes I'd rush back into the room. Because I yeah. feel like all of a sudden it's just there. And I'm like, I've got to fucking close this door. When I was That's in high I school... I always feel like I'm being watched in this house. Yeah. When I was in high school, I had one of my foreign exchange student friends, and Mikhail over, mm. and uh, Lisa was her name, and um, she saw, like, a shadow of someone, like, reflected onto the wall, standing in the kitchen, but there was no one else home, and Mikhail and I were getting ready to head outside, and she was, like, getting a drink or something. But she saw, like, a shadow of someone on the wall, like a man. God. And then, like, ran out of the house crying. And I was like, what the hell? What's wrong? <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet. Welcome to my house. <laughs> uh, Full of poltergeists and spirits yeah. and ghosts. What else happened? I'm just going to straight up unload some stories. Uh, another one upstairs in my room. It seems to always happen. What's that? Witching hour or whatever? Yeah, like three o'clock. Probably, I don't know, it's then. Between 12 and 3. Yeah, I don't really check the time when this sort of... Every time I used to wake up here, it'd be almost 3 o'clock or just after 3. So I went to the toilet, came back, because the toilet's very close to my room, so it's like... It's literally around the corner. I don't have to walk very far. It's like, open the door, one step, toilet, one step, room. So I like... Fucking 100 metres when you're scared of something. Oh, 100%. So I went to the toilet, came back to my room, opened the door, and as I did, I had this little toy remote control helicopter that was sitting on my uh, bedroom uh, dresser Mm. that had been sitting there for weeks. It had no reason to suddenly manoeuvre off the shelf and go... It, it didn't just fall off the edge as if it had been teetering on the as edge. As if someone had just gotten their hand behind it and just gone yeah. and pushed like, it off like, like a cat. Like a momentum. Like a, imagine like a slingshot, how it starts out slow and then moves faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just flew off the shelf and then landed on the ground, toppled probably like a metre or two away from the, um, the shelf. I was like, huh. Mom! <laughs> Help me! Really? Yeah, I got so scared. I was instantly terrified. That's how I think I knew it was something bad, because I always judge my feeling on what I'm feeling as soon as it happens. And in that instance, I was just like, well, like my heart just sank. I just ran into it. I was like, mom, fuck. Anyways, one more for the road. (laughs) (laughs) I was at my first girlfriend's house, the girl I don't like very much right now. Still holding a grudge after so many years. Uh, but she's had a baby now. True. I guess cheating on you when you're both 18 with a 43-year-old man, you know, pretty normal. Anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so, continuing on. Uh, I was at her house and I was staying in her brother's room because, you know, I was only young at this point. Like, 17 maybe. So, you I know. Mean, it's legal age. The, par- the parents, parents are like... Nah, you stay with a little brother, you know, in his room. So I'm sleeping on the floor. I got my fucking leg exposed out of the blanket. God. I awake <laughs> to fingers no. interwebbing between no. my toes. 
and moving and like, oh god, it is making me have goosebumps and like my eyes are welling up right now. It's so fucking scary. I'm not laughing because it's funny. <laughs> it was so gross. Like, imagine this is my foot. No. My fingers were like. <laughs> no, 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 no. I could no. just feel them. Oh, like, no, no, no. Ugh. I could feel them wriggling. Oh, fuck. No, I don't like that. At Anyways. All. And then it, I, I when I get was, I was so scared. I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I was trying to stay as still as physically possible. And then I finally got the courage to like open my eyes and like look around and there was nothing there, obviously. And it was probably like three or 4am. Are you sure it wasn't a little kid? He was asleep in his bed. He snores like loud. So, so he knew he was asleep. Yeah, the door was closed too. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just I knew he was asleep because okay. I would have. He had a bunk bed. I chose not to sleep in the bunk bed, but on the ground for some reason. I don't what know what the why. fuck is wrong with you. I thought because maybe it would be easier and quieter to potentially sneak into the other room during the middle of the night instead of getting off a bunk bed because you know how loud bunk beds are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like a fucking donkey, apparently. Are you sure it wasn't the tall man's bunk bed that he had? Oh, it was just like that. <laughs> straight up from hell. Which with a foot fetish. <laughs> yeah. So that was super creepy. I told her mum about that the next morning, and her mum is pretty, like, open to that sort of stuff, and she's like, yeah, we've been experiencing some weird stuff lately. I'm just like, oh, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, next time I'll sleep with all my fucking appendages <laughs> tucked in. <laughs> So I don't get my foot fondled. <laughs> foot fondling. That's hey, all for now. Foot massage, though. I've got other stories, but I don't want to pile everything on you guys. <sighs> well, I think you've piled on so much to me. <laughs> You're just like, like oh my god, nervous laughing. Really? Yeah. Nervously scared. The, cr- the foot. Oh, the foot one just sticks yeah. out to me so much. That was one of the creepiest things. I'm gonna like extra tuck out sheets, dude. Yeah. Like we have to slide into them. Mm. Like slide in, like. Slice cheese into a packet. You know when you're so terrified you don't want to even breathe to give away that you're awake? Yeah, you're like... That was me, I was just, like, oh my god. If I just don't breathe normally like I was just doing... Yeah. They uh, won't know that I'm awake. It was horrific. Horrific? Horrific. Yeah. What's some other stories? Give okay. us some famous ones. Let's get away from me being insane. <laughs> Insane, we're just haunted. Okay, so this is from liveabout.com um, and was written by Steve, Stephen Wagner. This is the three famous cases documented of poltergeists. The three most famous poltergeists? Three most cases. famous, mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two of them from England. Oh. Uh-huh. Cases have been cited almost since the beginning of recorded history. Three famous cases have taken place in the 20th century, gaining notary um, because they have been extensively investigated, reported, and in some cases, even photographed and videotaped. Oh. Can you share some video today? I don't have any video. We can probably look some up. Um, going along. Oh, right. Do you want to look up the Thornton Heath podcast? I don't know if Can that. I... I don't know if that's the one that's been filmed or not. In the 1970s, in Thornton Heath, England, a family was tormented by a poltergeist phenomena that started one August night when they were woken in the middle of the night by a blaring bedside radio that had somehow 
turn itself on. Tune to a foreign language station. This was the beginning of a string of events that lasted nearly four fucking years. Oh. Years? Years. Hey, let's move out. I oh, mean, they, they follow a person, don't they, Poltergeist? Traditionally. Yeah. Well, they mm. fuck, they're done fucked up. A lampshade repeatedly was knocked to the floor by unaided hands. During the Christmas season of 1972, an ornament was hurled across the room, smashing into the husband's forehead as he flopped into an armchair, reports haunted Croydon. The Christmas tree began to shake violently. Come the new year, and there were footsteps in the bedroom. Is that Priscilla? Please tell me that's Priscilla. No. Oh, my fucking God. What happened? Do you feel something touchy? Yeah. You okay? <laughs> it felt like when Priscilla paws at your bum. Oh. <clears throat> that will continue because this is my podcast. Yeah. Do you want to take a break quickly? Okay. <clears throat> what was I up to? Um, come the new year, there were footsteps in the bedroom when there was no one there, and one night the couple's son awoke to find a man in old-fashioned dress staring threatening at, threateningly at him. The family's fear grew that grew when, as they entertained friends one night, there was a loud knocking at the front door. The living room door was then flung open and all the house's lights came on. Having the house blessed failed to rid the house of the phenomenon. Objects flew through the air, loud noises were heard, and the family would sometimes hear a noise which suggested some large piece of furniture had crashed to the floor. When they went to investigate, nothing would be disturbed. A medium who was consulted told the family that the house was haunted by a farmer of the name Chatterton, who considered the family trespasses on his property. An investigation bore out the fact that Chatterton had indeed lived in the house in the mid-18th century. Chatterton's wife now joined in causing mayhem, and often the tenant's wife would be followed up the stairs at night by an elderly grey-haired woman wearing, wearing a pinafore and with her hair tied back in a bun. It looked at... It, sorry... If looked at, she would disappear back to the shadows. The family even reported seeing the farmer appear on their television screens wearing a black jacket with wide pointed lapels, high necked shirt and black and a black cravat. It's a cravat. Um, it's like a neck scarf, I think. Oh cool. Yeah. After the family moved out of the house, the poltergeist activity ceased and none have been reported by subsequent residents. Oh. I wasn't able to find any interesting audio or anything on that. So it mustn't have been that one. That the Enfield been. Poltergeist does have audio, I believe. Yeah. Because they recorded with, uh, I believe his name was Morris Gross. I'm like, no joke, listeners. I seriously felt as if something was pouring out my bum like Priscilla... Literally did earlier today. That is so creepy. I felt really uncomfortable when you said that. I'm getting goosebumps right now. But it's okay. They're fine. 
So, uh, the Enfield Poltergeist, which is probably one of the more well-known ones. You would know this from the Conjuring movie, Mm -hmm. where the Warrens go and investigate. Uh, The real-life Warrens went to try and investigate the Enfield Poltergeist, but were not allowed inside. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for the sake of the movie... Which we've clarified before, yeah. Uh, But... A man by the name of Morris Gross, of who was a paranormal researcher, actually went and, with a team, did a research upon this. So someone came to help them, is what yeah. I'm trying to say anyway, even if it wasn't the Warrens. So this is a, another English ghost story, and this is in North London in Enfield. So this made headlines in 1977. The strange activity seemed to centre around the daughter of one Peggy Harper, a divorcee in her mid-40s. Again, it started on an August night, apparently late at night, probably in the witching hour, of course. Like Uh, it's 12am right now. So, yes. So Janet, aged 11, and her brother Pete, aged 10, complained suddenly that their beds began jolting up and down and going all funny. <laughs> which was seen in the movie that they just started rumbling yeah. suddenly. And as soon as the mum comes in... It stops. It stops, yeah. Classic trickery. Exactly what Mr. Nickel would say. Lucky <laughs> children, wriggling their beds around. And as far as the mum was concerned, that was pretty much what was happening. Just the kids doing it themselves. But then things got progressively more bizarre. As they do. Shuffling noises, knocks on walls, uh, were followed by a heavy chest of drawers sliding itself across the floor, apparently. Uh, Mrs. Harper promptly got her children out of the house and sought assistance of a neighbour where she stayed. So the neighbour went and tried to find whatever it was. Uh, The rest of them went in with him and they all heard knocks. Is this the one with the crooked man in it? Yeah. Okay, okay, fuck, I hate that one. So that's probably nothing to do with what actually happened. But but I just want to know if I'm thinking of the right movie. So at 11pm they called the police because shit was getting too weird. And the police officers experienced shit as well. And actually wrote official reports about the infilled house saying that strange things occurred and they couldn't explain it. So that's awfully weird. So, several people were witness to the events that occurred in the following days. Lego bricks and marbles are being thrown around the house and often hot to the touch. In September of that year, uh, the one previous man I said, Morris Gross, of the Society of Psychical Research, came to investigate. So, Gross claims that he experienced the strange happenings uh, first, a marble was thrown at him from an unseen hand. He saw doors open and close by themselves and claimed to feel a sudden breeze that seemed to move up and down his feet to his head. Those damn updrafts will get every oh, door. Honestly, it's probably the chimney. Yeah, probably the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> get that checked out. So Gross was later joined by investigation... Uh, joined in the investigation by writer Guy Lyon Playfair, and together they studied the case for two years. His poor family was going through this shit for two years. Two whole years. Oh my god. 
So the knocking on walls and floors became an almost nightly occurrence. Furniture slid across the floor and was thrown down the stairs. Drawers were wrenched out of the dressing tables. Toys and other objects would fly across the room. Bedcloths would be pulled off. Water was found in mysterious puddles on the floors and there were outbreaks of fire followed by their inexplicable extinguishment. Hey, let's leave the house. The fuck <laughs> Old fucking Morris Gross can stay there and <laughs> investigate himself. The family don't need to be there. They don't need to be there anymore. Hell no. So the case became decidedly unnerving when the spirits revealed themselves through Janet, the 11-year-old girl. Speaking in a deep and gravelly voice, the spirit announced that his name was Bill and he had died in the house. If you remember back to the movie. Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill. Yeah, exactly. Because that was the way of the demon trying to talk to them. Yeah. So, that fact was actually verified. The man named Bill had died in the house, and the voices and the phenomenon had been recorded on tape and film. We don't need to listen to it. Yeah, I'm not really feeling up to listen to that right now, honestly. Uh, Sorry about that. So, and a... You guys can look it up for yourselves, or just go watch The Conjuring. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure they used some of the original... Or they played some of the original clip at the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Really creepy. So despite all the documentation, however, much controversy surrounds it. Skeptics came in to say that it was the work of the mischievous girl, Janet, which they sort of portrayed in the movie. Uh, The poltergeist activity always stopped when she was watched very close. And when she was taken to the hospital for several days to be tested for physical and mental abnormality... The phenomena ceased in the house. So some researchers believe that Janet taught herself to speak in a strange male voice and that photos of her levitating in her bedroom merely caught her jumping off her bed. Yeah, that's been told. But they show the photos at the end of the... It does look like she's jumping. Yeah, but the horror on her face. I mean, it looks like she's just like, ah! Agree to disagree. I think the poltergeist activity itself is real. I think, like, how how did Janet know the previous owner? And And how? And he died in the house. The skeptics are bullshit. Ultimately, I think maybe Janet uh, started playing into it a bit, but there was so much activity that it was not possible that Janet could have done it all over. An 11-year-old is not that capable. And shit, like, fucking flew down the stairs and stuff. Yeah. Morris Gross got a marble chucked at his head. He witnessed things. A police officer saw a chair slide across the ground without anyone touching it. I doubt an 11-year-old had a string attached to that. As we said in a previous episode, young Janet doesn't have fucking puppet hands with, <laughs> with, little, with little fishing lines attached to every piece of furniture. Totally and she's not, not. just <laughs> flailing like around. Marionette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the furniture's just on a marionette getting pulled around. Yeah, by little old 11-year-old Janet. By the super strong Janet. Oh, fucking Janet, baby. What's another good story about Palti Geese? <laughs> So this one is in the US of A. Oh, good mm-hmm. old US of A. Good old US of A. The Danny Poltergeist case. The Danny Poltergeist. In 1998, just a year after I was born for everyone to know, 
Jane Fishman, a reporter of the Savannah Morning News, began a series of articles about a possibly haunted antique bed in the home of Al Cobb of Savannah, Georgia. What have we learned about antique beds? I think... We don't buy them. No, don't buy them. Get yourself a new one from Freedom or Ikea. You're going to get your foot tingled with. Yeah. No, thank you. No, no, no. Anyway. Cobb bought the vintage late 1800s bed in an auction as a Christmas present for his 14-year-old son, Jason. Wow. A purchase he later regretted. Happy birthday. Happy Christmas. Welcome to hell. It's Christmas. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> it didn't say Christmas present for 14 year old Jesus. You know, <laughs> it's <said> Jason. <laughs> sorry, hey, babe. yeah, I guess so. Sorry, babe. It was mean of me, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Love you. Love you. Oh. Okay. <coughs> Three nights later, Fishman reported. Jason told his parents he felt as if someone had planted elbows on his pillows and was watching him and breathing cold air down the back of his neck. He felt sick. The next night, he noticed the photo of his deceased grandparents on his wicker nightstand flipped down, so he righted it. The next day, the photo was facing down again. Ah. Do not look at your relatives, young man, (laughs) says the ghost. There will be no remembering those relatives. They're dead and gone. Just like me. Yes, exactly. <coughs> oh, that's that was a very nice ghost. That's <laughs> the worst ghost stories ever. All right. <coughs> Later that morning, after leaving his room for breakfast, he returned and found in the middle of his bed two beanie babies: the zebra and the tiger. Okay. Next to a conch shell, a dinosaur made of shells, and a plaster to canbird. Oh, okay. That makes more sense when I slow down. Yes. <laughs> that got his parents and his twin brother Lee's attention. There's so many, like, those long dash pauses. Yeah. I feel like that would not have gotten my attention. Really? It's like, oh. All these things have arranged themselves on your bed. But if they were all together having breakfast, and then they were like, "God, oh, let's all go to our bedrooms," and like his bedroom's the first say, one. What's to say the kid didn't just arrange his stuffed animals and plaster toucan bed? I don't know, nickel. I don't know. I'm not nickel. You do well, Sam. I'm pickle. Oh, pickle rig. <laughs> they need to come out the new season of Rick and Morty already. I know. <laughs> And a big mouth. Oh, yes. Trying to make sense of the irrational, Al called out, Do we have a Casper here? Tell me your name and how old you are. Fucking idiot. Uh-oh. You don't do that. Then he left some lined composition paper and crayons and with his family walked out of the room. In 15 minutes they returned and found written vertically in large block childlike letters... Daddy, seven. Oh. With his family out of the house, Al Cobb decided to continue trying to communicate with this spirit of Danny. Fucking kids. Hey. With the same kind of notes, Danny indicated that his mother had died in that bed in 1899 and that he wanted to stay with the bed. 
He also made it clear that he didn't want anyone else sleeping in it. The same day they found a note reading, no one sleep in bed. Jason, who had moved out of the room, decided to stretch out and pretend to take a nap. That, says Al, was a mistake. I doubled back in the room to pick up my clothes, remembers Jason. When, he, when this terracotta head that had been hanging on the wall came flying through the room, just missed me before it smashed on the closet door. No one really knows, Fishman writes in her second instalment. Who or what is leaving the copious notes? Moving the furniture, opening the kitchen drawers, setting the dining room table. I don't think that's a bad thing. Flipping over the chairs, lighting the candles, arranging the posters to spell out a person's name, Jill, then hanging the finished product on a bedroom wall. Jason also spoke of other spirits. Uncle Sam, who had come to reclaim his daughter, he had... He said, was buried under the house. Uncle Sam? Really? <laughs> America. Yeah. Really? Uncle Sam. You couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> the kid's just like, oh, uh. Uncle Sam did it. The, the ghost is here. What's the ghost's name, son? Looks at poster. Donald Uncle Trump. Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> like, may as well have been Dave, son. Daniel, son. Um, there's also Gracie, a young girl whose sculpture sits in Bonavent, Bon, Bonaventure, Bonaventure Cemetery. It's, oh. it's in a cemetery. And Jill, a young woman who left a number of handwritten messages, among them one inviting the cobs to a party in their living room. Cool. That's would, nice of it. Would not, would not go to that Would party. not go to a party. Not that one. Parapsychologist Andrew Nicholas, head of the Florida Society for Parapsychological Research, investigated the case. What happened at the Cobbs, he told Fishman, more specifically to Jason, would have happened without Danny or the bed. It was the electromagnetic energy of the wall that Jason started sleeping next to when they moved the bed there. That charged a psychic ability that the boy already had. So they thought he was... They thought he had ESP. Yeah, pretty much. They're like, oh, he's actually a psychic. That's far more reasonable. I prefer my son to be psychic than there to be... Numerous ghosts. Numerous ghosts. You know what's... To blame for all of those scrawlings. An underground moat that was causing <laughs> vibrations. That when they left the pen on the paper, it perfectly scrawled out messages to Danny. Them. Sharon. <laughs> Would you like to come to a party in the living room? Chill. Yeah. <laughs> perfectly reasonable. Uncle Sham. Uncle Sham. Donald. Donald Trump. Fuck me, bro. I'm the best spirit. So this is from the 13th floor, one of my favourite sites to go to for paranormal stuff. Um, Sometimes the articles are a little bit shitty. Sometimes it's good just for, like, little pieces like this. Sure. Okay, so this one happened in Indianapolis, Indiana in 1962. These are only, like, little short blurbs of them, but I thought they'd be fun to read. 
Yeah. Um, three generations of women lived in a house in, on North Delaware Street in Indo- Indianapolis. A grandmother, her middle-aged daughter, and teenage granddaughter. The poltergeist began by moving a beer mug around a table one night, but it soon escalated to breaking ornaments and dishes. Police made several visits to the property because of the disturbances, and a paranormal investigator claimed to have seen the items move firsthand. The poltergeist eventually began making psychical contact, leaving bite marks and bruises on the ladies. Some neighbours accused the trio of doing it to themselves, but others saw but others swore they saw flying objects that could not have possibly have been caused by any of the women. Gee whiz, sounds like that poltergeist got drunk. Hell yeah. Started stumbling around and trying to hook up with the chicks, but they didn't want it. Hell yeah. So this one is... Is this even a real place? Spotsylvania? I don't know. We have a place here called Wongalpong. True. Get a better name, Spotsylvania. It's in Virginia in 1986. So the the Colosimo family moved into a new house and immediately noticed that their daughter's room was very drafty. Chimney, for sure. (laughs) Often seeming much colder than the rest of the house. So being devout Catholics, they hung a rosary in her room and had a priest bless the house. (laughs) Bless the house. (laughs) That's when the real trouble began. Books began flying off the shelves, doors were ripped from hinges... And the rosary was repeatedly thrown from the wall. Desperate, the family called a local witch because that's exactly what you need. We learned anything from the last episode. Witches solve everything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the witch stated that the spirit was a 16-year-old Confederate soldier who had been invited into the house by the previous homeowner's children. After the witch asked the spirit to leave, the family never again had poltergeist-related problems. They just need to be nice. Just Ask be nice. it to not leave nicely. Excuse me, but can you please leave me alone? Hmm. Do you remember how... Did you hear the story? Uh, I won't overload us with another story of mine. Okay, I'll tell you. Please do. You know how Sarah saw that man in the... The Asian man? Yeah, the Japanese man. With the phone? So after I came back from spending a month, the fucking, like, a billion days in Japan. We spent, like, six weeks there. So after I came back from my time in Japan, the six weeks, my sister Sarah woke up a couple of times seeing a Japanese man holding or just sort of looking into his hands with what would assume to be, like, a phone or something lighting up his face. And he just sort of looked kind of morose, looking down at it. And she, like, kind of freaked out and turned the light on. But as she turned the light on, he disappeared. And then she turned the light off and hid back again. This happened, So she just ended up keeping the light on. I uh, too. This happened a few times. And Mum's like, oh, uh, you know, maybe you should go down there and try and ask it to leave. <laughs> so I asked with my most polite, fractured Japanese. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, trying to get it to leave. But then my cousin ended up seeing it, like, a couple weeks later. Christmas time? Yeah, a couple weeks later. Christmas time? I don't know. I bet everyone listening is just like, Jesus Christ, this guy's just got some straight-up schizophrenia. (laughs) (laughs) 
His whole family was that's it. I know. I'm kidding. Um, this happened in Olive Hill, Kentucky in 1968. The Callahan family had long reported troubles with poltergeists, and the spirits seemed to follow them from house to house, breaking dishes and even furniture. In 1968, the family became the subject of a study by William Roll, who um, headed the Psychical Research Foundation in North Carolina. The Callahan's poltergeist was often willing to make itself known in front of visitors by throwing household objects and even a TV. Jesus. Dr. Roll himself documented that at one point the kitchen table leaped into the air, rotated completely, then landed back down on all four legs like a cat. I added that like a cat. I was about to say, that's creepy if a table became like a cat. I'm just saying cats land it's on their legs feet. It's like bent and was like... <laughs> and then it's it just a normal stationary table again. Yeah. Um, Fuck that table. Though many people investigated the Olive, How- the Olive Hill poltergeist, no one was ever to find proof of fraud or that the family was behind any of the disturbances. I'd be more terrified of a cat-like... A cat-like table. Wooden table than a poltergeist. But can you imagine our table out there just leaping into the edge on a full flip and landing back Fuck down? no, that'd be terrifying. Absolutely. And then it turns into a cat. Jesus, which is familiar. <laughs> That'd prove that you're a witch. So, uh, the final story of this evening, or whenever you exactly you are listening, is... Of our evening. Yes. So, the Robbins family of the Bronx in 1974 in New York. The Robbins family also suffered from flying <laughs> objects and general destruction. Mm-hmm. So, their poltergeist had a penchant for leaning objects, often balancing chairs or heavy pieces of furniture in highly unnatural ways or just levitating them all together. Many people, including neighbours, friends, and po- a policeman, claim to have seen the poltergeist at work. I feel like when officers of the law... And they report it, like they write it down. Like, no, bitch, I fucking can't. You know there's going to be scrutiny. Like, whatever they put in their reports, they have to back up. Yeah. So if they don't want to be going, like, looking like they're crazy... Because I feel like if you just start saying you saw something levitating, they're going to be like, uh, are you sure you're right? Check your mental health. If he is so sure that he saw something like that, then he'll write it, or they'll write it. But we don't really know these people, but... But you would just assume so. That's what I would do anyway. So I'm just like, geez, if they write it down in their report, that's like... I'm just like, wow, okay, so... It's like, they fucking believe it. Yeah. And they're an officer of the law who's seen many, like, gruesome shit. Yeah. Many gruesome shit. That's how you... Many gruesome shit. That's how you know it's like... They've done many a gruesome 12, shit. 12.26am and I'm tired. So that just about does it. It really does. For poltergeists. Poltergeists. I feel like we did a pretty comprehensive detail analysis of what exactly poltergeists... Poltergeists? <laughs> poltergeists. Oh my god. Poltergeists are? Poltergeists are. And also provide a couple of cool stories. I hope you're not too weirded out, everyone, by my stories, because I promise I'm not crazy. And we really want to hear yours, too, so send them to us at youmeetapoltergeist yes. at um, gmail.com. 
tell us stories or on our Instagram at You Mean the Poltergeist or on the Facebook at You Mean the Poltergeist as well. You can also catch us on Instagram on our personal Instagrams at Braden Fivash, B R A Y D O N, number 5 A S H. And Bambi Maccas at B A M B I M A C C A S. And feel free to send us through any cool stories that you have and help. Maybe we'll even share them on the show. We probably will because I love telling stories. I don't know if you noticed, but I wanted to do a lot of stories this episode. Yeah, it was cool. I liked the good story. Me too. Pretty creepy. You got your butt touched. I don't know. It's honest, honest to fucking God. Scared the shit out of me. And it felt like Priscilla was playing with her butt. Very creepy. She does that. And then when I look underneath and there's nothing there. I looked around too. I'm like, oh. She's and Priscilla's not asleep she's out. She's definitely out in the lounge room. She's asleep in the little bed out in the lounge room. So it was very scary. Creepy. We'll hear your, we'll listen back and hear your uh, sudden shock at the strange feeling. I've had a lot of stuff happen in this house that I think I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Hell yeah. We uh, have lasted longer than George and Kathy Lutz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Guys, don't forget, exercise regularly. And Let remember, keep on smiling! <laughs> 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 